he do it? <laughs> Mr. Rabinowitz, the verdict, and now. Immediately, Your Honor. <laughs> we, the jury, after careful deliberation on this case, have decided we shouldn't mix in. <laughs> Aren't Oreo kids lucky? Aren't Oreo mothers wonderful? Cause a kid will eat the middle of an Oreo first and say the chocolate cookie outside's for life. Another public service announcement from Brill Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you're tuned into the ravings of a clown on Just Radio. <laughs> The complete solution for your home PC. Here I am, in the city, with a fistful of dollars, and baby, you better believe I'm Motherfucker. Evening and welcome to the ravings of a clown on just the radio. I'm not old or new. Come on in, have a seat. The other white meat. As sad a man, I'm hung like planet Pluto. Hard to see with the naked eye. But if I crash, come on, come on, come on. I would stick it where the sun don't shine. you. Kind of like Han Solo, always stroking my own wolfy on the roof. You can go my cover. Yeah, but you can't call me Cookie. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. The yeah, roof, yeah, yeah. The roof, that'll do, pigs. On fire. Everybody say we yo. We don't need no water. Let the motherfucker burn. Slim, slang, and slapping. All right. Hey, good evening, and welcome to the ravings of a clown on Just the Radio. It's Tuesday, March the 11th, and the year of our Lord, 2008. And such a show we have for you this evening featuring Spider Turner and Joan Baez and Joe Cocker and the Moody Blues and so much more. Plus, we're taking requests. Head over to JesterRadio.com, click on Request, tell us what you want to hear. We'll get it on the air live within 15 minutes, or I have my left testicle surgically removed. Live on air, without the benefit of anesthesia. Also, while you're there, check out the Jester Radio chat room. Stop by, 
throw your two uh, plotkins into the thick of the fray? If you got a pair? Or you can give us a call, 646-502-8600 is the best way to get through. 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air with your old pal, the Jess. You got something to say, you got something on your mind, you got something bugging you, something making you hot under the collar. 646-502-8600, don't worry, it's not one of these wacky... Uh, you know, Bermuda phone numbers where they uh, charge you 15 bucks a minute. Forget about that shit. It's just a regular downtown New York City telephone number. And it's probably, if you call in on your cell, you probably got free minutes going on your wraparound deal or on your uh, free minutes, uh, evenings, and weekends deal. 646-502-8600. Or likewise, Skype in. Our Skype name is Jester Radio, and that takes care of that. Uh, first things first, All Points Bulletin uh, goes out for uh, Lulu. Don't know, haven't seen hide nor hair of the girl since uh, Friday, and uh, no responding to frantic uh, emails and pages and IMs. So if you hear from her... Or if you see uh, Lou Ann out there, um, then uh, please, by all means, uh, tell her to call off the dogs. What else is going on? Oh, yeah, we were down uh, for several days. Our Internet service provider just shows you how in this day and age, you know, how we're reliant on the uh, Internet so much. Many of you uh, don't know how to, you know, get through to listen to Jester Radio without the webpage, even though they're hosted on completely separate servers. Uh, unless you have that, uh, you know, address in the in your history for your player, whatever you use for your player, Winamp or Windows Media Player or iTunes, unless you have that shortcut in there, a lot of folks, you know, went to the web page to click on listen, and the web page wasn't there. It was down for like three days. And when I tell you, it was like a kind of hell. And, you know, the thousands of phone calls that were made and the, you know, the people. And, you know, then finally we got through to, uh, like, some Spanish guy. He wasn't even American. He was Spanish. I could barely understand a fucking word he said, but... Somewhere in there, man, I heard him say, don't worry, we'll take good care, we'll fix it. He said like in a Spanish way. Let me tell you, goddamn if that uh, Spanish guy didn't fix it up. And he told me, uh, I made out through his pidgin English, that he was going to you know, beat the other people's asses that fucked it up. Which is what you want to hear. Right before you switch service providers. Uh, what else? We're going to take a look at what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours and what's happening in that sick fucking world of mine. I guess you might say I'm um, you know, doing okay today. So uh, no emergencies anyway, you know. But uh, we'll take a look at that too. And we got some other cool shit coming up. Please don't fuck with that dial. It's time now to uh, to uh, turn our attention to the headlines. Do we have the uh, Bob? <whistles> Bob apparently is taking a little nap. There you go. All right. 
from high atop Just Radio Studios in a secret location, blibbity blab. Barack Obama coasted to victory. That'll do, pig. Thanks, Bob. Barack Obama coasted to victory. I love this part. To in Mississippi's Democratic primary today, latest in a string of racially polarized presidential contests across the Deep South, and a final tune-up before next month's high-stakes race with uh, Hillary in Pennsylvania. Obama was winning, winning roughly 90% of the black vote, but only about one-quarter of the white vote, extending a pattern that carried him to victory in earlier primaries in South Carolina, Alabama, Georgia, and Louisiana. The fact that we're even keeping track of how many black people and how many white people are voting for who means that we've just fucking got it all wrong. Why is the press reporting on that? Why don't they take those precious minutes and uh, devote them to telling the people what the individual candidates stand for? That's all I give a fuck about. Where do they stand, man? Give me the, the, the rundown. Abortion, homo marrying, the fucking burning the American flag, uh, stem cell research, uh, the immigration deal. Uh, you know, go on down the list. Just give me a rundown of what everybody is saying today about it. Don't tell me what everybody says the other guy said. That I don't need. That's what the press is for. That's what my fucking own eyes are for. I could see bullshit. I don't need the candidates to tell me what the other candidate said was bullshit. I mean, do you? How about, uh, you know, we, we just spend all of this time, instead of figuring out how many fucking niggers voted for the nigger and how many fucking white people voted for the white woman... Why don't we just devote that time to telling us what the individual candidates are up to, what they think and what they, right? Is it me? His triumph was widely expected, seemed destined to do nothing to shorten a Democratic marathon expected to last at least six more weeks and possibly far longer while Republicans and their nominee in waiting, Senator John McCain, take their uh, attention to the fall campaign. Obama picked up at least six Mississippi delegates, to the Democratic National Convention with 27 more to be awarded. He hoped for a win sizable enough to erase most, if not all, of Clinton's 11 delegate gain from last week when she won uh, three primaries. Obama began the night with 1,579 delegates. Uh, Hillary had 1,473, so he had just a little over 100 more. It takes 2024, uh, 2025 to win the nomination. This is why they. Uh, th- this is why we. W- what we live in is not really a democracy. It's a republic because we vote for people who vote for people who vote for people, and there's this long chain, this qualifying chain of people who have to make it through this fucking gauntlet of being nominated by their party, as if me, as the voter, give a flying fuck about what their party affiliation is. I just want to know what job they're going to do when they get into office. Is it all spelled out in the party doctrine? Uh, you know, if it is, then, <laughs> you know, that would make it much easier, wouldn't it? So, but we'd still, you know, be missing out on all the people that don't adhere to to party doctrine down the line. So what if they vary by an issue or two? Then what? We don't get to vote for them? Why not just take every serious candidate who's got something to say, start whittling them down from a couple of years ago since we started this fiasco a year ago? 
within the two-year lead-up to the president, why not have every Tom, Dick, and Harry come forward, say something, and then if they're a retard, we could just fucking stop listening to them. And we whittle it down over the two years into somebody, maybe you get somebody. Instead, we're keeping track of how many fucking white people voted for how many fu- for, for Hillary. Meanwhile, Hillary uh, said today that she disagrees with uh, Geraldine Ferraro, one of her fundraisers and the 1984 Democratic vice presidential cam- uh, candidate, you may recall, for saying that Barack would not be in this position if he were white instead of black. Interesting comment. Not sure if I agree with it, but she came forward and said that uh, Barack Obama, you know, is just, uh, if he was a white man, he would not be in this position. If he was a woman of any color, he would not be in this position. He happens to be very lucky to be who he is. And the country is caught up in the concept. So she's basically saying, you know, it was time for a nigger and he was the nigger of the month, you know, at the time. He was the, you know, light-skinned, articulate, uh, you know, didn't sound, you know, didn't talk like, uh, you know, Amos and Andy. Now look here, Kingfish. So he didn't talk like Al Sharpton. You know, he didn't rhyme everything he said. So he was just picked as the... uh, but that's, of course, absurd, it's absurd since he's, you know, he's got half the fucking Democratic, uh, you know, number of delegates. So can't all just be. In a brief interview with uh, Jester Radio, Clinton said that she regretted Ferraro's remarks. The Obama campaign has called on the New York senator to denounce the comments and remove Ferraro from her unpaid position with the campaign. But isn't much you can do if somebody's not getting paid. You could just say, don't stop coming here. But, you know, you, you can't fire him. Last week, Ferraro told the Daily Breeze uh, that if he was white, he wouldn't be in this position. She also faulted a very sexist media in the historic race between a man bidding to be the first black president and a former first lady to, uh, seeking to become the first female president. In an AP interview, Clinton said, I do not agree with that. And she added, it's regrettable that any of our supporters on both sides, because we both have this experience say things that kind of veer off into the personal and this is another fucking problem about with being attached to a uh, party system is that you get all the fucking party wackos like this one coming forward and you know saying shit that just uh, upsets people and then you got to spend time uh you know away from whatever your message is uh explaining to people you know this wacko doesn't speak for me we fired her from her uh, her no-pay job. With pressure mounting on Governor Elliot Spitzer to resign over a call girl scandal, you might remember this was the guy, um, you know, he's obviously, I don't know what, uh, insane from the advanced stages of syphilis. Um, last year, he made this big fiasco last November announcing that he was going to start. He's a um, governor of uh, New York State. And uh, last year he made this announcement that he was going to start handing out driver's licenses to illegal aliens, Uh, obviously sucking some fucking, you know, uh, um, kind of um, um, ACLU dick there, um, because it's in, (laughs) I don't believe it's in any American's interest. But he recently, after there was such a hue and cry over this, he, he came forward and said he took it back. By the way, Hillary Clinton... Um, 
didn't denounce the um, – interestingly, when he made the announcement, she said, well, it was an interesting idea. Let's like sort of hear him through on it. She didn't say yes. She didn't say no. But uh, he wanted to start handing out, and then everybody just went nuts. And he said, never mind. <laughs> so now he's involved in this call girl scandal. Investigators said that he was clearly a repeat customer who spent tens of thousands of dollars, perhaps as much as 80 grand with the high-priced prostitution service over an extended period of time. Now, let me tell you, I've spent a lot of money on whores over the years. You know, when you go to Japan, you just, you, you, you spend like a couple of grand in these fucking places. It's sick, you know, but they like, they have like seven fucking Jap chicks, you know, all over you. It's hard to not, you know, uh, but in Vegas, you know, it's several hundred, could be, you know, five, six, eight hundred bucks. But to spend 80 grand <laughs> on whores, Man, I'm sorry, man. There's just no, there's, there's just not enough value in that uh, when you can get so much uh, high quality. You could have gotten double the fucking whores for half the price, is what I'm saying, especially in New York. It's not like he was in Idaho, where maybe, you know, the, they have the, you know, like the, you got to import, you know, all the locals are like hogmouth, you know, b beasts, and you got to bring some in from out of state. By the way, speaking of that, uh, this is a big part of what he got into trouble for because he transported the whores uh, from one state to another. He was afraid he wouldn't have enough whores where he was going, and he had them piped in, and that's where he's going to get in trouble because moving whores across state line, that's the shit. That's what they actually put you in fucking jail for. Spitzer and his family, meanwhile, uh, in some states, that's called white slavery. That's to give you an idea of what the what they think of that moving the whores across the lines. Remaining uh, secluded in his Fifth Avenue apartment while Republicans began talking impeachment, few, if any, fellow Democrats came forward to defend him. A death watch of sorts began in the state capitol where whispers of what have you heard echoed through nearly every hallway of the ornate 109-year-old building. On Monday, when the scandal broke, prosecutors said in court papers that Spitzer had been caught in a wiretap spending $4,300 with the Emperor's Club, a VIP call girl, uh, call girl service, with some of the money going toward a night with a prostitute named Kristen. And the rest uh, to be used as a credit towards future trysts. He actually made a deposit with the, <laughs> with the whore service. He said, take some off for Kristen and keep the rest for later. I'm going to need extra sucking in the future. Papers also suggested that Spitzer had done it before. Speaking on condition of anonymity, a law enforcement official said today that Spitzer, in fact, had spent tens of thousands of dollars with the Emperor's Club, and other officials said the amount could be up to 80 grand. It was not clear over what period of time. Still another law enforcement official, they're all coming forward, by the way, like fucking pigeons singing. What kind of uh, bird sings? Robins? No, I don't think so. Sang like a robin. Still another law enforcement official said investigators found that during the tryst with Kristen on the night before Valentine's Day, and by the way, this is she's got like one of these one-name-only deals. She's like a Madonna. She's Kristen. See what I'm saying? That's how good she is. Um, he had one with Kristen the night before Valentine's Day. Spitzer used two rooms at the Mayflower Hotel in Washington, one for himself and the other one for the whore because he didn't want her like, stinking up his place, you know what I mean? Sometime around 10 p.m., 
Spitzer sneaked away from the security detail and made his way to the room where she was waiting. The three officials spoke on condition of anonymity because of the sensitivity of the case. So he must have had like an adjoining room. And he gave like the, you know, like a shave and a haircut there, knock, and she knows to open with the legs pre-spread. She, she, she has to like bend over and open the doorknob like through her legs so she's pre-bent. In the court papers, an Empress Club employee was quoted as telling Kristen that Client 9, which is Spitzer, uh, would ask you to do things that you were uh, might not think were safe. And Kristen responded by saying, I have a way of doing the, uh, dealing with that. I'd be like, listen, dude, you really want <laughs> you really want the sex. A law enforcement official said Tuesday the discussion had to do with Spitzer's preference not to wear a condom and the call girl's insistence that he did use one. So this is a guy who goes home and fucks his wife, and he's going to fuck some filthy whore. Holy Christ. And I shouldn't call her a filthy whore because it's a, prostitution is a noble profession. He's the filthy whore. That's what I meant to say. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. This Tuesday, March the 11th, the year of our Lord, 2011. Please don't fuck with that dial. Uh, hanging with Vagabond and Espo in the Jester Radio chat room. Why not stop by and say... Oh, we got a call coming in. Uh, looks like uh, Poe. Hey, you're on the air with uh, the Jester. How you doing, Poe? You there, Po? Ho, Po. Oh, that's too bad. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, why are you why are you saying hello so many times? No one's hearing me. I first time caller, last time listener. Love the show. Can't believe I got through. Hey, how's it going, bud? Canary is all I got. Oh yeah, singing like a canary. Yeah, you couldn't believe some of the suggestions that I heard around here a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, like a jackal? <laughs> Somebody said, uh, you know, like singing like, uh, I don't know. A robin, yeah, I heard. Yeah, a robin. Well, thanks for that. I appreciate that, bud. All right, All right. Uh, go whores. Uh, go. So uh, singing like a robin, singing like a uh, canary. Time, time, time. See what's become of me. As I look around for my possibilities, I was too hard to please. It's the springtime of my life 
them <laughs> seasons change with the scenery weaving time in a tapestry won't you stop and remember me at any convenient time funny how my memory slips while looking over manuscripts of unpublished rhyme what a rhyme huh it's memory slips while looking over manuscripts of unpublished rhyme what the what is that anyway that's like a dull set Paul Simon and uh, Arthur Garfunkel on Jest Radio and Hazy Shade of Winter. That was covered by a couple of folks over the years to some great success. It's just a stunning uh, tune of uh, very high musical and lyrical precision. Hey, hanging with Vagabond and S. Poe in the Jest Radio chat room. Why not stop by and say howdy? You know, like that lady from uh, the the um, the the Grand Old Opry with the with the price tag hanging from her hat, Minnie Pearl. Howdy! Despite increased terrorism efforts by Damascus, as much as ninety percent of the foreign fighters in Iraq cross the border from Syria. According to a Pentagon report that says Iran's support for Shiite militants, who's also uh, hurting efforts to improve Iraq security. So there you go. One step forward, two steps back. There's a concerted effort going on in uh, Syria and Iran to undermine, you know, the, what's, you know, going on in, uh, in, um, in uh, Iraq. They're purposely trying to fuck with uh, the you know American forces that provide weapons, intelligence. As those external pressures, dog coalition and Iraqi forces, the government of Iraq is also hamstrung by internal corruption, persistent problems getting basic services to the people. You know, the, you know what the uh, uh, people in Iraq you know th think of this as an invasion. They don't think of this as an occupation we didn't save them they fucking can't flush their toilets man they can't fucking turn on the electricity the streets outside it's like the wild west they're afraid to let their children play outside because people are walking up and down the street with fucking guns killing people it's like fucking you know hell they beg for the days of Saddam Hussein where if you told a fucking lie to a cop they fucking snip out your tongue but there was law and order in the land. They fucking missed those days. The Defense Department's quarterly report on progress, and this all will always happen. This is what happened in Vietnam, and this is what happened in Iraq, you know, in the 80s with Russia. Whenever you have these fucking shadow governments trying to run the show from the background, you're always going to have this interminable uh, deal. It's always going to be a, a, a zero... Uh, uh, equation. They'll kill some of ours, we'll kill some of theirs, they'll increase their external support, we'll increase our external support. 
In late January, Iraq officials suggested about 150 foreign and Iraqi fighters slipped into the country from Syria a few months earlier and were responsible for a devastating explosion in northern Iraq that killed at least 38 people and wounded more than 200. On the other border, meanwhile, Tehran's support for Shiite militia groups remain a sizable threat to stability in Iraq. The report asserts that the uh, Quds Force, an elite unit of Iran's Revolutionary Guard, still provides much of the explosives for the militants. Several military commanders in recent weeks have said that despite recent promises by Tehran to help promote stability in Iraq, there is continued evidence that Iran is training and funding Shiite extremists. And of course, this is a, you know the reasonable fear everybody has that if we just pull out and run away, uh, you know, uh, with our tail dangling between our legs, that will look like pussies. One, you know, a. And B, the place will just implode with, you know, filth. Everybody will descend, you know, descend on Iraq. All the terrorists from around the world will descend on Iraq. And let me tell you, I'm not so sure that's a bad thing. Because it's, you know, better to know where your enemies are than not. You know, for 20 years they were in Afghanistan. We knew exactly where each one of those bases were. And, uh, and that's A. And B, they'll fucking start fighting each other, man. You know what's been going on there for 10,000 years. They'll start beating each other's asses, and they'll fucking, you know, just like the Hamas. They have these little mini sub-factions that disagree. And what do they do when they disagree with each other? The same thing they do is they, when they disagree with us. They kill each other. A Navy admiral in charge of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan announced that he's resigning over press reports portraying him as opposed to President Bush's Iran policy. This is another one of these resignations that we see whenever somebody speaks out against this administration. Uh, the next thing we know, they're resigning. Admiral William J. Fallon, one of the most experienced officers in the U.S. military, said the reports were wrong but had become a distraction, hampering his efforts in the Middle East. Uh, of course, that's always what they say. They can't now cop to what they said, you know, as their feelings, because it got them in so much trouble. Fallon's area of responsibility includes Iran and stretches from Central Asia across the Middle East, the Horn of Africa. I don't believe there have ever been any differences about the objectives of our policy in the Central Command area of responsibility, Fallon said. And he regretted that simple perception that there is. He was in Iraq. When he made the statement, Defense Secretary Robert Gates told a Pentagon news conference that he accepted Fallon's request to resign and retire from the Navy, agreeing that the Iran issue has become a distraction. But Gates said repeatedly that he believed the talk of Fallon opposing Bush on Iran was mistaken. I don't think there really were differences at all, Gates said, adding that Fallon was not pressured to leave. Now, it's just a coincidence. He made the comments, and now he's, he's got to run. This is classic Bush um, administration uh, tactics. Uh, you know, he he's the one that their party uh, constantly talk about not supporting the military in a you know really disingenuous way. Whenever somebody opposes the war, they say, you know, you're not supporting the fucking troops. Our greatest minds, uh, greatest military minds, you know, say that we should stay the course, like as if. You know, as if we leave it up to the generals to decide, you know, what the military strategy is going to be. But nevertheless, um, the, they, uh, uh, the 
this poor fucking bastard, you know, now has to st- end his career uh, by saying that, uh, you know, I spoke out. I, uh, uh, he, you know, I, I meant what I said. He should say, um, I disagree with the fucking president, and uh, you know, and that's what he hired me for to give my fucking advice. So generals don't go out into the battlefield; they uh, advise uh, the president on what their military strategy should be. He said, "Quote the current embarrassing situation, public perception of differences between my views and administration." Uh, policy and the distraction this causes this mission make this the right thing to do. Fallon was the subject of an article published last week in Esquire that portrayed him at uh, as uh, having been at odds with a president who's eager to go to war with Iran. Uh, the, the name of the article was titled The Man Between War and Peace and it described Fallon as a lone voice against taking military action to stop the Iranian nuclear program. It's another one of this, uh, you know, this administration is this has this sort of um, just kind of um, insane imperialistic um, thing going on where it's really just invading foreign countries because it can. And, you know, fuck world opinion, fuck... Um, you know, civil rights, uh, fuck, you know, they just think it's like destiny. They keep talking about how the future and the history books will bear them out. And maybe they think of themselves as, you know, Vikings or, uh, or the, you know, the, the great British empire or something, um, expanding their, you know, their talons around the world on a global basis. And this is really not what the American people want. Um, but you know, their attitude is, what do they know? You know, they're not, uh, you know, the uh, elite, uh, you know, world powers like we are, uh, you know, Bush is from this long line of um, uh, international oil uh, folks. Um, uh, and maybe they consider themselves, you know, superior in, in understanding of world affairs. Uh, whatever it is, it's clearly not the uh, it's clearly not what the, pu- the what the people of America want. They don't want to you know go out and conquer all these foreign lands. Let's you know fucking bomb uh, Iraq, back to the Stone Age, take over Afghanistan, take over uh, uh, Iran, and you know just put the word out. You know if anybody speaks up against the United States, uh, you know you're likely to be next. And uh, even though they don't have the law or they don't have ethics or morality on their side, they think they have uh, history on their side, destiny on their side. And those are the scariest people of all because they're motivated. Their foreign policy is all, is all based on Christianity and their warped uh, perception of, uh, you, know, what the, you know, what their view of what the world should be like. So heaven help us. So we need to get ourselves out of that whole, uh, this whole Bush system. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, anything the Bush administration does between now and November is going to be a desperate, you know, attempt to to sink their talons into uh, the history books. So don't, uh, you know, underestimate. I heard somebody say that uh, the 100-hour war back in, the, you know, 1986 in the Middle East took uh, two years to bring all the equipment back home. That it, it, If it takes five years to get everybody and everything out of Iraq, if they started today, if it took five years, it would be a miracle. And the Bush, and Bush knows that. That's why they're building uh, the the world's largest military base in Iraq, bigger than most towns in the United, in the United States. He intends to have a 500-year presence in Iraq 
basically make it the 51st state, the Republic of, um, you know, Iraq of the United States. And likewise for Afghanistan and likewise for uh, Iran and anybody else who pipes up in the name of freeing and liberating the people. But, you know, obviously that's not what they're doing. Ask anybody that lives in Iraq. They're not doing it. They're not doing anything close to it. It's been six years. They've demonstrated they have no desire to free anybody. It's not about freeing people. It's just about taking over. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's Tuesday, March the 11th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Please don't fuck with that dial. It gets good starting right now.
If some guy tells you I don't care and tells you lies while I'm not there, don't talk to him. And if he tells you I'm untrue, then darling, here's what you must do: don't talk to him. And if he tells you I've been seen walking round with Sue and Jean, he's lying again, lying again. Do anything that you want to, but darling, this I beg of you: don't talk to him. If you hear the words he has to say, he'll break your heart. Let your love for me prove strong while we are far apart. So just remember what I say and trust in me while I'm away, for I'll be true. And just remember my true love is brighter than the moon above, for only you. I should try to say my love for you is only play, merely a whim, merely a whim. Just close your eyes and count to ten. Think of me again, but don't you talk to him. I've been seen walking round with Sue and Jean. He's lying again, lying again. Do anything that you want to, but darling, this I beg of you, don't talk to him. If you hear the words he has to say, he'll break your heart. Let your love for me grow strong while we are far apart. Just remember what I say. Trust in me while I'm away, for I'll be true. And just remember, my true love is brighter than the moon above, for only you. And if this guy should try to say my love for you is only play, merely a whim, merely a whim. Close your eyes, count to ten, think of me again, but don't you talk to him. I think that fucking spells it out. Cliff Richard on Just Radio. Just don't fucking talk to him. I don't need you talking to him. That's all I'm saying. Naked eyes before that. Always something there to remind me. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown. It's Tuesday, March the 11th. And I know some of you are saying, you know, Jess, I seem to be hearing that song, that song a lot lately. You should know what you should see what it's like here in the studio if you think you're hearing it a lot lately. That's all I got to say about that. Sometimes, yes, yes, I understand this. The song is 42 years old, but sometimes I just get around to you know listening a couple of more thousand times. You know, you gotta you gotta focus in on a song. You know, what's your song of the day? Because I got one, and if you ain't got one, you need to get one. Uh, you can always call in and let us know what your song of the day is, 646-502-8600. State police director properly dismissed a state trooper who admitted seeking a three-way sex encounter between his wife and two women in a car that he had stopped for driving with expired tags. The Little Rock, Arkansas State Police Commission decided 
on Friday. Roderick L. Trotter, Sr., 46, who lived with Troop A, based in Little Rock, uh, served, I should say, was fired in December by uh, his Colonel Winfred Phillips, the state police commander. Uh, he, um, what happened was he, uh, two women filed a complaint that he stopped them on U.S. 67 in Little Rock about 11:30 at night on September 29th, and he said that um, he asked if they would have sex with him and his wife <laughs> and they, instead of giving him a ticket. Phillips testified at the hearing that his action followed a dismissal recommendation by a review board of the state police officers, and after reviewing for himself the file on internal investigation, he reached the same conclusion. Obviously, this guy, he wasn't ashamed enough to slink away, but in this day and age, he actually demanded a fucking hearing and a review. He wanted the world to know. Phillips testified uh, it bordered on soliciting prostitution. He recalled that the command review board, in its recommendation for dismissal, said Trotter's actions were unprofessional and unacceptable. After a hearing that lasted nearly two hours, the seven-member commission deliberated behind closed doors for about a half hour before voting unanimously to uphold the ruling. Trotter can also appeal the commission's uh, decision to Pulaski County Circuit Court, but his lawyer said no decision has been made on whether or not they're going to appeal. So his lawyer is whining. Everybody has to be treated the same way. But, uh, of course, nobody, you know talks about um you know <laughs> the fact that uh, you just don't want people like this on the uh you got to weed these people out of law enforcement because they're a fucking they're a danger man to society can you imagine a single woman or a couple of single women being pulled over by a state trooper big old fucking black dude with a bald head huge fucking massive fucking nigger with you know uh, his badge uh, hanging out, saying, now, look at here. If you want to avoid getting a ticket, you get over in that car over there, and I'll drive you back to my house, and you can suck my wife's pussy for a while, and I'll fuck you in the ass, and what do you say? Because basically that's what he did. At least one in four teenage American girls has a sexually transmitted disease, uh, according to a first-of-its-kind federal study that startled adolescent health experts, doctors said the numbers may be a reflection of both abstinence-only sex education and uh, teens' own sense of invulnerability because some sexually transmitted infections can cause infertility, even cancer. U.S. health officials called for better screening, vaccination, and prevention. This is as a result of the uh, these wackos um, demanding that schools uh, stick to only teaching abstention. So they have to tell these kids, you know, look, the only way to stay away from getting pregnant is to not have sex, period. Don't tell them that they can still have sex but avoid getting pregnant and also STDs by using protection because that will encourage them to have sex as if you need to encourage a teenager to have sex. I'm 47 years old and, uh, I, you know, I don't believe anybody needs any kind of encouragement. Uh, only about half of the girls in the study acknowledged having sex. Some d teens defined sex as intercourse, uh, but other types of intimate behavior, including oral sex, can spread 
diseases. Among those who admitted having sex, the rate was even more disturbing. 40% had an STD. Among those chicks who admitted to having sex, 40% of them had a, a, a sexually transmitted disease. This is pretty shocking, said Dr. Elizabeth Alderman, an, an adolescent medicine specialist at Montefiore Medical Center's Children's Hospital in New York. To talk about abstinence is not a bad thing, but teen girls and boys too uh, need to be informed about how to protect themselves if they do have sex. The overall STD rate among the 838 girls, you know, we just take it for granted but and assume that kids know they pick it up by osmosis, they pick it up on TV, but kids know shit. Especially teenage kids who think they know everything, they especially know shit. And you have to sit them down and say, now looky here, this is the penis, and this is the vagina, and when you put one in the other, it causes this kind of friction, which make, makes an explosion, and that's where babies come from. So if you put a hunk of rubber between your penis and the vagina to catch all the, all the sperm, then there will be no babies. And since your penis isn't touching the inside of the vagina, you also won't get the crabs. And don't say STD. Call it the crabs to give them the extra skivuts. The overall STD rate among the 838 girls in the study was 26%, which translates to more than 3 million girls nationwide. Researchers with the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention found they released the results today at an STD prevention conference in Chicago. Those numbers are certainly alarming, said sex education expert Nora uh, Gelperin, who works with teen-written uh, website called Sextech or sexetc.org, S-E-X-E-T-C, sex, etc. She said they reflect the sad state of sex education in our country. Sexuality is still a very taboo subject in our society, she said. Teens tell us that they can't make decisions in the dark, and the adults aren't properly preparing them to make responsible decisions. We just have to get over this idea that our children are our babies, and we, you know, can't go, you know, by the numbers. We can't decide that they're old enough for sex, or they're old enough to talk about drugs and sex based on our own time clock. I, I had, you know, sex for the first time when I was 12 years old. And I fucking put my penis inside a fucking woman. She was, you know, much older than me. And I had an orgasm. So that's sex. That, and I had never even masturbated before in my life. So, there's, you know, you're physically capable of having sex at a very young age. So I'm saying I had that sex at the end of a long sequence of, like, petting and, you know, breast fondling and the whole schmear. So this was something I really wanted to do. I wasn't didn't feel like I was pressured into doing it. Nobody else my age was talking about it. This was something I was physically driven to do. And I happened to be, you know, fortunate enough to get my hands on uh, a chick who let me do it. But uh, this is, you know, and I have two daughters. So, I mean, it's a very emotional subject for me, too. I hate to think of, uh, you know, my girls being taken advantage of and uh, physically and harmed physically and emotionally. I mean, it's fraught with, you know, all kinds of feelings. But, you know, kids are fucking people. And not only are they people, but they're at the point where they, how you treat them will determine what kind of people they will become. And, um, you know, I know that uh, I sort of uh, uh, grew up rapidly 
um, you know, largely because I had three older brothers and an older sister who I was uh, very anxious to catch up with. And, you know, largely because of my freakishly oversized brain. And uh, so I, you know, spent a good deal of my childhood uh, butting heads with uh, authority. It was a fucking sucked. If I think about those, you know, if I think of how my life would have been different if my parents were better to, able to handle, you know, what I was. And, um, they, you know, they had a role for me that they had cut out for me and my family. And unfortunately, I was not up to, you know, living that role. Uh, I wanted to, you know, the, the shit that I wanted to do included, you know, sex and drugs and rock and roll. And their way of dealing with it was really bad. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown. It's Tuesday, March the 11th. Please don't We've fuck with that dial. Said. We've already said goodbye. So go. Get out of here.
Predicting a riot uh, here at the Chester Radio Studios. The, uh, the Kaiser Chiefs on Chester Radio goes out to V. You're listening to the ravings of a clown. Uh, before that, we heard uh, from the uh, Moody Blues. Such an uh, awesome uh, special uh, song. Uh, go now. It was uh, originally, you know, this uh, single the year before on Blue Cat uh, called um, Go Now by this uh, Bessie Banks. It was a total flop, so it was astute of them. You know, a lot of people bring this up, this particular song up, as the classic example of how the uh, British R&B scene was a total rip of the, you know, American black labels that all these... Uh, uh, Mersey and uh, Liverpool bands were doing were taking these obscure uh, Southern, uh, bl- you know, Negro label records like Blue Cat uh, records, and this was a a, a a good one, even though it was a commercially a failure. It was as Lieber and Stoller uh, produced uh, single, um, but these guys dug it up, you know. So you got to hand it to them for listening <laughs> all the way through, even these little singles. That didn't make a lot of uh, radio play. And they were over in England, so it was harder for them to get. They probably bought everything they could get their hands on. And they added something to it, um, you know, specifically fucking Denny Lane's, you know, awesome uh, 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 pained uh, voice, the group's uh, odd, uh, haunting harmonies, 
and uh, particularly uh, ghostly on this recording, and Mike Pinder's uh, dignified piano already showing a hint of the classicism that was going to flower into the you know 60s uh, you know make uh, the moody blues a big part of the 60s sound so it was uh, you know there's no um, there's no you know song structure to it there's no verse chorus it's sort of meandering uh, has a you know a catchy melody sort of an unusual kind of melody it's got this very gospely chord progression and then it's got this funky, you know, uh, uh, two-step piano in the middle of it. It's an awesome tune. And then they just changed to a completely different kind of band. Uh, you know, yeah, they became like a, you know, artsy band. But uh, Moody Blues uh, on Jester Radio with their um, uh, magnificent cover of uh, Go Now. Hey, you're listening to The Ravings of a Clown. It's Tuesday, March the 11th, uh, the year of our Lord, 2008. Uh, Marianne uh, is uh, serving six months unsupervised uh, probation for pot. Uh, she was sentenced on February 29th to five days in jail. This is Dawn Wells, uh, the chick who played Marianne. You'll never fucking guess how old she is. <laughs> She's 69 years old, and fucking bless her heart, she's uh, smoking the ganj in the car on the way home from a party. She was um, placed on probation after pleading guilty to one count of reckless driving. Under the plea agreement, three misdemeanor counts driving under the influence possession of drug paraphernalia and possession of a controlled substance were dropped. On October 18th, Tefton County Sheriff's Department uh, Joseph Gutierrez arrested Wells as she was driving home from a surprise birthday party that was held for her in her honor. According to the sheriff's office report, Gutierrez pulled Wells over after noticing that she was swerving and repeatedly speeding up and slowing down. She later claimed that she was fucking with the... The car was brand new, and she was trying to figure out how the heater worked. She was freezing. When Gutierrez asked her about the strong marijuana smell, she said she gave a ride to some hitchhikers, and they, she dropped them off when they started puffing on something she couldn't identify. And then he found uh, half-smoked marijuana joints and two small cases that were used to previously store marijuana. They were remnants of previous marijuana storage. 69-year-old Dawn Wells, founder of the Idaho Film and Television Institute, and organizers of the region's annual family movie festival called the Spud Fest uh, then failed the uh, sobriety <laughs> test. <laughs> Poor Marianne. What's it for you? Is it uh, Ginger or Marianne? 646-502-8600. There's absolutely no doubt for me it would have to be a threesome. 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air with the Jess, or you can Skype in. Our Skype name is Jester Radio. What do you think of that? Hanging in the Jester Radio chat room, why not stop by and say hi? A woman being held as an illegal immigrant spent four days forgotten in an isolated holding cell in a courthouse with no food, no water, and no toilet. Adriana Torres Flores, 38, appeared in court uh, on Thursday, pleaded not guilty to a charge of selling pirated CDs, but a judge ordered her held because she's in the country illegally. 
Bailiff Jared Hankins uh, put her in the cell in Fayetteville, Arkansas, to await transport to jail, and she was forgotten because of heavy snow. Few staff members were in courthouse to hear their uh, her cries and pounding uh, later Thursday or on Friday and throughout the weekend. Torres Flores wasn't found until Monday morning when Hankins opened the door. She was treated at a hospital, and then she was allowed to go home. She was she had been through enough. The sheriff said Hankins, a bailiff who for only two months simply forgot about her. He's a broken man now, he said. Hankins was placed on administrative leave with pay on Monday pending an investigation. He said um, his mother said today that uh, he was too devastated to comment. The cell had two benches, a metal table, and a light that this poor woman couldn't even turn off. She slept using her shoe as a pillow, uh, and her 14-year-old daughter was acting as an interpreter today, uh, saying she she was feeling like she was going to die. Can you fucking imagine? Not only is she going through this, but she's got to tell her 14-year-old poor kid. They couldn't find uh, uh, somebody else to interpret? So she doesn't have to hear her mom say that she felt like she was going to fucking die. You know, this is what's known as parentifying children, where you turn them into adults way, way too early. Torres Flores had not eaten Thursday before going to court. She had a jacket, but she was still cold in her cell. She had to use the bathroom on the floor, her daughter said. Can you imagine the daughter again has to hear all this? County Judge uh, Jerry Hutton, the county administrator, the judge who was ordered her held, um, Circuit Judge William Story and the sheriff issued a statement saying immediate measures have been taken to ensure this does not happen again. Hutton said that he might install a video camera in the holding cell or an exterior light that indicates when someone's inside. That's probably the best thing we can do to make sure it doesn't happen to anyone else. Her trial uh, is set for April 1st, and she faces deportation. Can you imagine if, on top of all this, she gets thrown out of the fucking country? You know, I think it should be Ms. Torres Flores's uh, um, cha-ching moment. I got to tell you. But she's got to get something out of this. Four days because of a fucking bureaucracy, man, that, you know, allowed her to languish in there, man. I, I mean, I would have started thinking about what I could fucking slip my wrist with. Are you kidding me? Violence killed at least 42 people today, including 16 bus passengers caught in a roadside bombing in southern Iraq after the deadliest day for U.S. troop in precisely six months. The U.S. military announced that three American soldiers were killed in a roadside bombing north of Baghdad yesterday, bringing to eight the number of troops who died that day. Last time so many U.S. military personnel were killed in Iraq was September 10th, back uh, uh, last year when 10 people died. Bloodshed was uh, has increased recently despite the uh, what the military said has been a 60% drop in attacks uh, across Iraq since June. Uh, last Thursday, two massive bombings killed 68 people in Baghdad's Karada neighborhood. On March 3rd, two car bombings killed 24 people in the capital. According to the Associated Press count, at the height of unrest from November 6th to August two, uh, 2007, uh, an average approximately 65 Iraqis died each day as a result of the violence. As conditions have improved, the daily death toll steadily declined. It reached its lowest point in more than two years in January of 2008 when an average 20 Iraqis died each day. Then they were down to 20 a day. Those numbers have since jumped. In February, approximately 26 Iraqis died each day. 
as a result of the violence so far in March. The number is up to 39. Uh, these figures reflect the months in which people were found, not necessarily um, in the case of uh, like mass graves, the months in which they were killed. Military spokesman Rear Admiral Gregory Smith said on Sunday that recent violence should not be taken as evidence as an increase or a trend of an increase. So just because the numbers are up doesn't necessarily mean that the numbers are um, up. The cost of filling up the family car jumped to a record high today, adding to the uh, challenges consumers already face with falling home values and rising food prices. Gas prices at the pump rose overnight to a record national average of $3.22 a gallon, according to the AAA and the Oil Price Information Service. That's a tad higher than the previous record of $3.2265. It's now $3.2272 last May. A year ago, rising demand and a string of refinery outages. Remember that uh, bullshit they gave us. Every year it's some other bullshit. Ever since, you know, 75 when they made up this whole bullshit. Used to be 38 cents a gallon. Pack of cigarettes was 49 cents. Jesus Christ. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. It's Spider Turner. Don't fuck with that dial. I 
feel good. Oh, yeah. Oh, my darling, won't you stand by me? Eddie Kendrick of the Temptations might say, I'm gonna need you, baby. Franklin of the Temptations might say, Don't go, darling, don't go. You know that I need somebody to stand by me. David Ruffin of the Temptations might say, I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. You know that I know that you know that I know that everything is gonna be all right. Smokey Robinson of the Miracles might say, I will build you a castle with the tower so high. It reaches the moon. I'll the melodies from birds that fly. Chuck Jackson might say, In the day Down on my knees and say, Darling, don't go home. You know that I need your love. So I'm doggone bad. Oh, yeah. Come on, girl, and stand by me. Whenever I'm in trouble, won't you stand? Come on, stand there. problem with this country, uh, one of my many, but this, this whole issue of sexuality and pornography, which I don't understand what pornography is, I really don't. To me, pornography is, you know, spending all your money and not educating the people of America, but spending instead on weapons. That's pornographic to me. That's totally filthy. And et cetera, et cetera, down the line. You all, in your fucking hearts, know the goddamn arguments. Okay, great. But no one knows what pornography is. Supreme Court says pornography is any act that has no artistic merit and causes sexual thoughts. That's their definition, essentially. No artistic merit causes sexual thought. Hmm. Sounds like every commercial on television, doesn't it? You know, when I see those two twins on that double mint commercial, I'm not thinking of gum. <laughs> I am thinking of chewing. Maybe that's the connection they're trying to make. 
You've all seen that Bush beer commercial. The girl in the short hot pants opens the beer bottle on her belt buckle, leaves it there, and it foams over her hand and over the bottle. And the voiceover goes, Get yourself a Bush. Hmm. You know what that looks like? Nah, no way. I'll tell you the commercial they'd like to do if they could, and I guarantee if they could, they'd do this right here. Here's the woman's face, beautiful. Camera pulls back, naked breast. Camera pulls back, she's totally naked. Legs apart. Two fingers right here. And it just says, drink Coke. Now, I don't know the connection here. But goddamn, if Coke hitting on my shopping list that way. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Snickers satisfying. <laughs> Damned if I'm not buying these products. My teeth are rotten out of my head. I'm glued to the television. I'm as big as a fucking couch. More Snickers, more Coke. That's what I find ironic, too, is that people who are against these things that cause sexual thoughts are generally fundamentalist Christians who also believe you should be fruitful and multiply. Boy, they walk a tightrope every day, don't they? How do we be fruitful and multiply and not think about it? <laughs> we could sing hymns during it. One stroke at a time, sweet Jesus. One stroke at a time, sweet Lord. I did that joke in Alabama and Fife, and these three rednecks met me after the show. Hey, buddy, come here. Met the funny man, come here. Hey, buddy, we're Christians. We don't like what you said. He said, then forgive me. Later, when I was hanging from the tree. <laughs> well, I've been out walking. I don't do that much talking these days. These days I seem to think a lot About the things that I forgot to do For you And all the times I had the chance to Afraid to live the 
sit on cornerstones and count the time and quarter tones to ten, my friend. Don't confront me with my failures. I had not forgotten them. Jackson Brown on Jester Radio had to let that uh, sneaky Pete solo play out. Bill Hicks, before that, what is pornography? Spider Turner started that set with his absolute tour de force of every R&B singer on the radio. Uh, in back in 1949, Stand By Me. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this Tuesday, March the 11th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Hanging in the Jester Radio chat room. Why not stop by and say, howdy?
and leave that uh, price tag dangling from your hat. Check this out, Hulu.com, a joint venture between News Corp and NBC Universal plans to open its vast online library of ad-supported TV shows and movies to the public starting midnight tonight. Right after the show, head over to Hulu, H-U-L-U.com. Bookmark it because they've been having this beta test going on for a while, and we got to check it out. And holy fuck, it's so cool. And you get to watch full TV shows. There's one or two uh, 15-second commercials thrown in there that you can't zip past, but it's totally worth it. Users of the service will be able to view more than 250 full-length episodes of shows such as The Simpsons and The Office, as well as uh, some 100 movies, including The Big Lebowski and Ice Age. Short clips from films and TV shows such as Napoleon Dynamite and Saturday Night Live are also available through the service, which is accessible at hulu.com. Uh, you can also get it through America Online, Yahoo, and a bunch of other web portals. The public debut of Hulu, which has been available to a test group by invitation, since October comes um, as studios seek ways to make money providing online content. The entertainment companies behind the service have been feuding with popular online video sites like YouTube, where unauthorized clips from shows often appear. The Hulu.com programming comes from 50 TV networks, movie studios, and web-based producers of content. Viewers of some movies and TV shows are given a chance of what uh, ads they want to watch. Like, are they chicks and they want to watch, like, makeup ads? Are they guys and they want to watch, like, cell phone ads? So you could choose. And what's also good is that they're getting their programming from some independent folks, too. So you can go there, you can see network stuff, and then you can see indie stuff. H-U-L-U starts at midnight tonight. So bookmark that. It's going to be the place to be in the future. Uh, But mark my words. Uh, the remember we were talking uh, a, a couple of days ago about how Bush at his inauguration um, had people arrested who were wearing like "fuck Bush" T-shirts or it was not even "fuck Bush." It was like you know whatever impeach Bush or Bush sucks. A- actually, that's what it was. Bush sucks. People wore these black T-shirts with big white lettering that said "Bush sucks," and they were arrested, which is <laughs> pretty. Pretty unbelievable. So this has been the sort of, um, you know, and I've always said that the fish stinks from the head down. And this is why you have cops on the beat who don't, you know, understand the meaning of the First and the Fourth and the Fifth Amendment because their executive doesn't. And this shit trickles down. Uh, The family of a middle school student who was given detention for wearing a T-shirt bearing the image of a gun has filed a federal freedom of speech lawsuit against the school district. This is what happens when we create this monster called the public school system, where it started out as like a um, as a gimme to the poor people of America. Now it turned into like a um, obligation. Now you're a bad parent if you don't send your kid to this uh, fucking you know this this uh, government red tape machine that they call an education system. It's a joke. Schools are like prisons, man. Anytime where your, your, your choice of whether to go or not to go is taken away from you, it's prison. And this is America. And it's by law. If you don't send your children to school, uh, you're breaking the fucking law. How the hell did that happen? 
I mean, I ask myself, how did that, how did it happen that we live in a world where the government tells us, you know, how fast we can fucking drive and what, you know, uh, vegetables where we can, you know, smoke. Uh, but you know, those things are less, are more understandable because people are like fucking sheep and they're like, you know, and they're stupid and they do stupid shit and, you know, but this thing about uh, suspending a kid, I mean, like, you know, what, what kind of hysteria? And, and they always inevitably say, well, people are more sensitive now because of the times, you know, we live in. Like, what the fuck does that mean? I got to kiss every fucking lunatic's ass now because, uh, you know, wh- why don't we just listen to the reasonable-minded people in emergencies like this? Why do we have to fucking uh, kowtow to the, mo- to the most fucking panicky and the you know, least reasonable people? It doesn't make sense. Donald Miller the third, 14 years old, went to Payne Manor High School in December wearing a T-shirt that he said was intended to honor his uncle, a U.S. Army soldier fighting in Iraq. That's how fucking twisted this shit is. The shirt bears the image of a military sidearm, and on the front pocket says, Volunteer Homeland Security. On the back, uh, over another image of a weapon, are the words, Special Issue Resident Lifetime License. United States terrorist hunting permit, permit number 91101, gun owner, no bag limit. (laughs) It's a little inside joke. Officials at the Millersville school told them he had to turn his shirt inside out, and when he refused, they gave him two days of detention. His parents, Donald and Tina Miller of uh, of, uh, Holtwood, Pennsylvania, have accused the Penn Manor School District in a lawsuit of violating their son's First Amendment rights with a vague Orwellian policy that stifles both patriotism and free speech. This is how this shit gets twisted. The kid was obviously intending to be pro-fucking-America, anti-terrorist. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the kid's message. Let's fucking shoot and kill the terrorists. I mean, you know, it may be a little uh, jingoistic, but, you know, I can get behind the message. I'd like to kill a few terrorists. So, but they just take it out of context. You know, it's like these... um, this you know this net nanny software that you know that that tell you know tells your kids what websites they can go to um and blocks out the porno sites you know and you get it home you install it on your computer thinking you know some reasonable fucking minded person you know went through all the porno sites and the violent sites and you know put them on the list you know but then later you find out they block you know like the Louvre website because they got statues of chicks with you know naked tits and they're blocking that too and you're thinking, you know, maybe it's not a good idea to let other people decide what my fucking children see and do. Life jackets are made for people, not dogs. So when Randy Earl's small boat capsized in uh, Core, West Virginia, while he was fishing with his dog Lacey, uh, a black spaniel mix, he stayed in the water with his life jacket while making sure that Lacey was okay. When the boat flipped over, I put the dog on top of the boat. Earl told uh, Jester Radio while waiting for someone to rescue them on Mason Lake in northern West Virginia, Earl clung to the 12-foot boat's hull. Water temperature was about 50 degrees, according to J.M. Crawley, a senior conservation officer for the Division of Natural Resources. Another fisherman, Jan, uh, Jan Thorne, watched from the shore as a state trooper paddled out to rescue Earl and Lacey. He asked the state trooper to take the dog first, Thorne said. It was very touching. Earl, 53, said Lacey means a lot to him and his wife since they uh, lost both of their children in a car accident 15 years ago. Dog is like a child to us, he said. Holy shit. 
Speaking of dogs, a sniff squad of trained noses is being called in to root out Northampton, uh, Massachusetts landfill odors. The city was hired uh, has hired specially trained uh, stink sniffers to help determine whether the dump is too pungent for neighboring homeowners to stand. Why don't they just ask the fucking neighbors? Go outside and take a whiff. Northampton officials signed a $25,000 contract with Agawam Environmental Company after state officials ordered independent testing of the landfill odors. Using little more than their own noses, the new super sniffers are trained to detect and rate the strength of rotting trash, landfill gases, and other unpleasantries, rating on a 1 to 8 scale roughly from bearable to foul beyond belief. The sniffers also judge the smells against a kit they carry of ready-to-sniff odors of various intensities. So they compare to the, they take a, take a sniff of the sulfur, and then they sniff the, sniff the air, and oof, it's definitely comparable. The city could be fined or ordered to make changes if the landfill flunks the smell test. You imagine this is what grown people are doing. Investigators are searching for whomever poured deer urine into an air conditioning unit at a school in eastern Tennessee. About a dozen students became ill after the prank at Volunteer High School in Church Hill. Firefighters were sent to the school yesterday after the odor became overpowering in one classroom, and paramedics treated students who complained of headache and nausea. You imagine they inhaled deer piss in their lungs. Churchill Police Chief Mark Johnson said the stunt could result in a vandalism charge. Why not assault? If they were poisoned, if they snuffed, sniffed in deer urine in their lungs, what the fuck? Deer urine is sold in the bottle to be used to attract animals for hunting. Hunters sprinkle out deer piss in a puddle to get the deers to run over so they could blam, they could shoot them. Little doe-eyed deer looking up, blinking. Little Bambi guy thinking, you know, I'm going to take a little sip of this here Babylon Brook. And blam! My... My uh, biological clock is ticking like this. A Boulder woman facing a $1,000 fine for dyeing her poodle pink has hired a lawyer to fight the charges in court. Joy Douglas says that she dyed Cece, her white miniature poodle, to call attention to breast cancer. Here's another one of these things where these people, they made themselves a law and they just they're fucking sticking to it no matter what. She says that she used beet juice and Kool-Aid. I can't think of anything more humane than that. By the way, they used gelatin when they dyed those horses for the Wizard of Oz. So maybe she should have used gelatin. She was ticketed uh, back on March 1st under a Boulder ordinance that makes it illegal to dye animals. The ordinances, they actually have a law on the books. And the cop who ticketed her, actually knew about the law. The ordinance is designed to discourage people from dying rabbits and chicks for Easter. Apparently, it's bad for the rabbits if you die them. So I don't know why they would make a law against that if it's harmless for the animal and the kids enjoy doing it. What the fuck? Douglas had a court hearing scheduled on Tuesday, but the judge postponed it until April after she said she uh, hired herself a lawyer. Judge said, well, then, we'll give you some time. Douglas took Cece with her uh, to the court on Tuesday, but had to leave her outside the courthouse. So she's still pink from, from what we hear. 
Joe Cocker on Jester Radio. Please don't fuck with that dial. Baby, let me be. Cause you don't care. Well, please. Set me free Unchain
Chain My Hearts on Jest Radio. The original there by Ray Charles. You know, he was blind. <laughs> he did all that. He was so fucking good. Joe Cocker before that, and his second version of it, which may be better than the first. Washington Lawmakers, by the way, you're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jest Radio. And me? Why, no one special, no big deal, nobody important, just your old pal, the Jester. Coming to you from a secret location outside your universe. I was once like you, a running dog lackey of the bourgeoisie, but unable to reconcile my contribution to entropy, I've chosen to abandon your realm and seek residence outside your universe. From my oblique perspective, I see your world, part scientist, artist, advocate, friend. My perspective will make you question your ideas, and my voice will guide you safely back to sanity. 
Every evening uh, around this time, we get together and talk about what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours and a little bit sometimes about what's going on in that sick fucking world of mine. Hang together in the Jester Radio chat room. You can also uh, give us a call uh, and uh, last chance to get live on the air with uh, the Jester. 646-502-8600. Don't be shy. We love it when you call. Washington lawmakers have approved a pilot program that will allow beer and wine tasting in 30 grocery stores statewide. In an effort to market local products, the measure now heads to the governor. After passing the Senate uh, 29 to 17 yesterday, it earlier passed the House. The one-year program, strongly supported by the state's microbrewery and wine industry, surprise, surprise, allows shoppers to sample up to four ounces of beer or wine, Supporters say that it allows small wineries or breweries with no marketing budget to get their products out to the public. Opponents contend that the program sets a bad example by exposing children to alcohol consumption. And this is part of this you know, Christian uh, movement to hide from your children everything. This is what they believe that the Bible tells them to do. So they you know, want it naturally for your children as well. And that is to hide all the bad things of the world. From your children. So if they don't see you consuming alcohol, if you have to sneak off uh, and you drink, you know, in quiet and you shut the door and you tell the kids, get out of here, then they, you know, of course, will be uh, exposed to it and they'll want to start schlanging right away. Here's my solution to that. It's what's known as the HOG method of bringing up children. It comes to you exclusively from the jester. If you want, there's a pamphlet on the way out you can grab. Um, outlining the simple to follow instructions for the HOG method. Simply, you uh, instruct your children that normal, happy, healthy adults can do and consume any fucking thing they damn well please. And, of course, you're expected to set an example um, that you don't do it to such excess that you lose your ability to uh, parent as well. You know, for those 18 years, you have to take a break from getting shit-faced because you're on 24-7 call as a, as a parent. So, of course, you set the right example by not consuming too much and consuming it in a healthy, normal, out-in-the-open way. And then if the children express their, you know, curiosity by wanting to sample some and sneak off and try and you sneak a little, then this is where you employ what's known as the HOG or the hand of God. Um, uh, children rearing method. You uh, take the child aside, you punish them for a lengthy period of time, you explain to them that as long as uh, they're legally uh, underage, they have to follow the rules of the house. The rules of the house are no drinking until you're of age, and uh, here's your punishment. You know, not an emotional response, just a firm, uh, decisive, uh, and um, moral um, method for handling what happens when your children express their natural curiosity. But that doesn't mean I don't get a sip of beer at the supermarket, does it? If the Christians had their way, then we wouldn't uh, you know, have this uh, innovation. Hopefully this will be something that catches on around the country. You know, go back to the times when, uh, you know, folks were responsible for their own actions. I'm not promoting people getting drunk and driving. I'm promoting people can have a sip of alcohol at a supermarket and still comport themselves as, as adults. What say you? 
Firefighter performed mouth-to-snout resuscitation and revived a tiny dog that he found lifeless in a burning mobile home in West Monroe, Louisiana. When firefighters arrived at the blaze in northeastern Louisiana on Friday, a resident of the house approached firefighter Stephen Odie Odom and told him that two dogs were trapped inside. Odom entered the house, found the two tiny terriers in pet carriers in a smoke-filled room, and shuttled them to safety. When he removed one of the dogs from its carrier, Odom noticed that it was not breathing and that its little tongue was hanging out. The firefighter removed his face mask, placed the dog's head inside so the oxygen could blow in its face. When the oxygen didn't work, Odom performed CPR on the dog by cupping his hands around the dog's snout and blowing until he could feel his chest expand, he said. I then did chest compression similar to that of infant CPR, and after approximate uh, one minute of doggy CPR, I noticed that the dog was trying to breathe on his own. Five minutes later, the dog began looking around and was handed to the owner of the house. An oxygen tank was left with the animal. Fire prevention officer Kurt Meacham said that he was glad that the dog's life was spared. Uh, we don't know the little doggy's name, but we just call it Lucky. Someone with a little knowledge of musical golden oldies is jangling nerves in uh, Wilmington, Delaware. Some people getting late night and early morning telemarketing calls in the Wilmington area have been doing a double take. <laughs> I fucking shit you not. The caller ID is uh, that old uh, Tommy Two-Tone song. 8675309999. Lindsay uh, Vitalo of the uh, Pike Creek got one of the calls at 4.20 a.m. on Sunday. She answered, fearing the call was about a family emergency, but it was a mortgage refinancing pitch. Rock on. Tommy Two-Tone. At least two other people have told the Wilmington News Journal about similar calls. And others have reported the calls in online forums with more than five dozen complaints logged uh, at callercomplaints.com. They haven't been able to protest because there is no uh, such number listed in Delaware. The, uh, the... <laughs> People are waking up and looking at that. I guess they're all they're all like from the eighties. Well, uh, when uh, Manuel Uribe went out on a date, he made all the uh, usual uh, arrangements: forklift to carry him out of the house, and a flatbed tow truck big enough to haul the uh, formerly half-ton man and and his bed to a party. But even the open road wasn't big enough to handle uh, Uribe's dream of celebrating a budding romance and his success in losing uh, about 440 pounds so far. Uribe was halfway to a picnic near his Monterey area home on Sunday when one of the posts holding a sun-shielding tarp over his bed hit an overpass. His blood pressure dropped so much that his doctors advised him not to go on and the celebration being documented about two dozen photographers and reporters from around the world was canceled. We were going to celebrate that um, I've been losing weight for two years and that it was my girlfriend's birthday, uh, Uribe said in a telephone interview. The saddest part was that I couldn't fulfill my dream of taking my girl out to eat. He's down to a uh, scant uh, 800 pounds. 
and he wanted to take his chick out on a date. He has this fucking uh, uh, queen-size mattress that he lives on, uh, and, and it was forklifted onto a flatbed truck. And I don't mean like a little... Uh, pickup truck i mean like the kind that carries like you know farming equipment but his blood pressure dropped after the thing hit the roof he's been on a high protein diet that he started two years ago he's down to about 800 pounds last year uribe left his home for the first time in five years six people pushed his iron bed on wheels out into the street as a mariachi band played and a crowd gathered to see the man who once weighed 1,235 pounds. At the time, the 42-year-old mechanic rode through the streets of his native San Nicolas de los Garza to enjoy the sun and uh, wave to his neighbors. Uribe weighed more than uh, 250 pounds as an adolescent, and he just kept growing since the summer of 2002. He's been bedridden, relying on his mother and friends to feed and to clean him. Yikes. He drew worldwide attention when he pleaded for help on national TV back in January of 2006. He was holding a Twinkie in one hand and uh, some Slim Jims in the other hand. Uribe said despite the setback, he still hopes to get out with his girlfriend on June 11th when he turns 43. He says we'll just have to plan it better. So they have to do a run-through where they send the truck through to see if it hits any overpasses. Otherwise... And so he's planning now for June 11th. They're shooting for June. It's like a, it's like a shuttle launch. When you miss the window of opportunity, you got to wait for like the planets to line up again. A Melbourne couple returning home from vacation yesterday was shocked to discover the police about to hold a news conference at their house about their suspicious disappearance. William and Heather Ostell's daughter Angela had not seen or heard from her parents since Thursday. She went to their house in the southeastern Australian city of Melbourne and discovered the front door was unlocked, their car was gone, and the dog was home alone. This is the, res this is the recipe for a tragedy. So she called the police and reported her parents missing. Homicide detectives were holding a press conference yesterday at the Ostel's home to appeal for information when the couple drove up. Heather uh, Ostel, 58, told reporters that they had taken a spur-of-the-moment holiday and hadn't been able to reach their daughter to tell her. Uh, we decided on Friday morning to have a break, and we just let a couple of people know, she said. They arranged for neighbors to take care of their pet dog and left the door unlocked by accident. So apparently the neighbors uh, weren't even consulted by these fucking murder specialists, by these detectives. Didn't even bark, uh, bother knocking on the neighbor's door, who would have told them, yeah, they went on vacation and I'm watching the dog. I blame my husband for that. We're pretty security conscious, she said. Uh, we just wanted to get out on the road and uh, get the fuck out of here. couple were shocked by the commotion at home and said that they regretted worrying their daughter. I'll have to make peace with her, she said, Ostel said. So the, na <laughs> the neighbors were watching the dog, and they didn't even bother asking them. They said, okay. The, 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 the dog's home, the car is missing, and the parents aren't home, and the door was open. Let's call a press conference. Spokane police said that a man picked the wrong way to celebrate his 43rd birthday. Dwayne D. Butler is accused of committing two robberies in less than half an hour. According to police report, a man demanded money and said that he had a gun at a Rite Aid store late on Sunday afternoon, only to flee when a manager 
uh, got involved using the same approach. He got he got an undisclosed amount of money and checks from a shopco. Uh, Twenty five minutes later, soon afterward, police received a, a report of money and checks in the street. Uh, Butler was stopped in a vehicle and arrested uh, based on witness descriptions. Police say most of the money and the checks taken from Shopco are recovered. Butler remains in jail for an investigation of armed robbery and assault. And finally this evening, a community activist uh, thinks that a few couch potatoes strategically placed on sidewalk benches is an upscale uh, in an upscale shopping district will keep the transients on their feet and on the move. Esther Vitti, who oversees the donation of public benches, for a merchants association in La Jolla near San Diego, uh, sent an email to 45 other activists, they call themselves, last week, asking them to sit in three-hour shifts, uh, no bathroom breaks. They want them to occupy the bench continuously for three hours to prevent homeless people from s- sitting on the bench. They don't just mind them sleeping on the bench because they, they donated these benches and the people are not sitting on them because all the fucking bums are sleeping on them. So do they? Do these fucking biddies get together and say, maybe we should gather some money for these poor homeless people or do something constructive to help them? No. They send out an email saying, we need cops. We need fucking citizens to drive away the homeless. Keep them shuffling. Don't enjoy the taxpayers' benches because they're dirty. Group previously tried installing benches with metal dividers, but the transients simply started sleeping upright, and they can't even they can't even tolerate that. No one's offered to uh, sit yet, she said. Some potential recruits expressed concern that the bench brigade could provoke uh, retaliation <laughs> from the homeless people. They might get together and gang up on them. And uh, I mean, what are you going to do if four or five or six <laughs> fucking homeless people sit down on the bench and they give you that look? In 2006, the Regional Task Force on Homeless estimated the homeless population at 9,600 countywide, which includes 4,400 people within the city of San Diego. So just keep them shuffling along. I guess they expect them to just keep walking until they die. Or if they're going to sit, then don't sit on the benches. The benches are for the nice people. Hey, you've been listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio this uh, Tuesday, March the 11th, the year of our Lord 2008. Extra special thanks to V and Espo and all those that stopped by uh, the Jester Radio chat room, Vagabond, too, um, and who tuned in from around the world. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. Until that time, Eustace, have a good night. I'll see you tomorrow. Deep 
wrapped in marble, zapped him right between the eyes. All the children sing. Hey, Bungalow Bill, what did you kill? Bungalow Bill. Just to know 